You're listening to Japan Baseball Weekly. News, interviews, analysis, and hot takes about all 12 NPB teams. Hosted by Jim Allen and John E. Gibson. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of September 11th, a big date in the history of the United States. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Saturday night is my buddy Jim Allen. I'm saying Saturday night, but it's Saturday night for me here in Japan. It's Saturday morning. Saturday, 3 a.m. Saturday morning. Good grief. Yes. Well, happy Hawaii days to you and your wife. And thank you for taking the time on your vacation. <laughs> yeah, that was not a happy. That was not a happy confluence there. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you made it over because I know you had trouble getting on the plane and getting to Hawaii, but you're there and you get this out of the way and get some sleep. And then it's fun, fun, fun. Oh, get sleep. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's stuff, on it my comes part. in a can. It comes well, in a can at the stores. <laughs> that's on my priority list, but it it <laughs> it conflicts with the things that uh, my role is tour planner and to, as a vacation planner and vacation leader. You can't <laughs> sleep now. You got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> sleep is for lazy people. All right. Exactly. Well, well listen, the, the MPB world is spinning backward. I think we we got Yoshinobu Yamamoto throwing his simple minds game and that's uh don't forget about me a good 80s reference there but he throws a no yeah. hitter tonight we got hayato sakamoto starting at third a bunch of games and looks like he might be moved over there we've got weird rumors about kazuma okamoto being posted <laughs> shota imanaga being posted uh we've got rumors that julio urias might have to join the bad boy list of mlb rejects to come to japan and not only that we have yet to get one of those surprise retirement announcements. But anyway, on this week's show, we've got fifth year import and pioneer Carter Stewart Jr. of SoftBank as the guest. We discussed the playoff races, the aforementioned no hitter, examined some rumors. And if we have time, we'll finish up with some high heat. So let's start swinging. Clearing the bases. So on Thursday, I sat down virtually with a friend of the show. Carter Stewart Jr. of SoftBank. Now, I was going to try to catch him out at Cebu and shake I his was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, as soon as I saw you had Carter on there, I thought, man, he went to Cebu. I was thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go out there. So I sent him a note and I said, are you are you going to be with the team at Cebu? And he said, no. Mm-hmm. And I said, ah, oh. so I thought I looked over the roster and, there, you know, there were options there. And I looked at Cebu again and I'm like, we've had a lot of, and I love the Cebu guys. They're great, but we've had a lot of them on the show. Now I'm like, we got to mix it up a little bit here. What yeah, can I we got to stop telling Sabu to sign new people so we can put them on the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so I'm like, uh, let me give Carter a, a shout and see if he can come on and we can do a, a relaxed chat, which we did. And it was really fun. So like I said, he's in his fifth year and he picked up his first top team win with the club on July 26. He beat Oryx 7-1. and But I thought his effort at Hanshin at uh, Koshien, hollowed Koshien during the interleague session might have been his best outing. I think on that day, he threw five and a third innings, but and he allowed six hits, but a couple walks, no runs, eight strikeouts, and the stats don't really convey it, but I think he was really good that day. Uh, but, you know, we talk about the wins and the losses and how they come about in this chat, and mm. you have some interesting uh, opinions on that, and he has... Um, you know, really been working. I guess he's got three W's so far. He's been working hard to try to contribute on a steady basis. And you hear about a little issue he had with a forearm here. And 
he's been going through ups and downs, but that's with everyone in baseball. They all have them. It's not unique to young players only. And uh, I make a point of talking about when young players struggle, it's viewed one way. And when veteran players struggle, it's viewed a different way. But anyway, he's 23 and his birthday is November 2nd. So he's going to be 24. And like I said, uh, we have to figure out what he's going to do going forward here because he is in the fifth year. And uh, I believe he's got one more year he on does. the deal that he made. It, but, it, uh, at least that's that's the news that that was reported because Japanese contracts are, there's secret. a Japanese contract, Twilight Zone, where, <laughs> you know, what looks like it is often ain't. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, let's take a listen to CSJ. All right. We are pleased to have Carter Stewart Jr. joining us again on JBW. Thank you, man. It's good to see you. And thank you good. for coming on. Good to see you. It's, uh, you know, I'm glad to be back. It's been uh, it's been a couple, you know, it's been a little while since we've done it over Zoom. I was glad to uh, see you guys out in Tokyo, you know, was that a couple months ago. But it was it's uh, good being back. Yeah. All right. So how are you physically? How's that core injury that you have been dealing with? Uh, doing good right now. Um. Haven't had any issues with the core. Uh, last start, I was dealing with a little bit of a, not elbow injury, I'd say just some tightness. Uh, kind of had a little bit of a forearm sprain, uh, but kind of got over that. Just part of the workload, right? Part of being in the big leagues and, you know, really increasing that workload. But um, got past that and uh, and feeling good physically right now. All right. So you went uh, six innings on July 26. You gave up an unearned run. You got your first win in Japan. Yeah, and then you came back and won again uh, mm -hmm. after that in August, right? Early in August. So that first win was a long time coming. Uh, how did it go down with you? Um, you know, just was really excited to have it, uh, to you know, finally have it happen. Um, I felt pretty solid that day. I was throwing against Miyagi, so it was a good matchup. Um, I was just kind of excited. I, you know, I had a couple good outings before that, and I felt like, you know, I had a chance to get some a couple wins, and it didn't happen, but. Uh, it's nice to just get that first one under the belt, right? Um, you know, we we put up a good amount of runs that day, got a lot of run support, and I uh, was able to kind of shut down the Oryx, and it was just nice to to get that that milestone out of the way. Now, there was one game after that that uh, you and Richard Sinagawa teamed up to to help <laughs> win a game, and I thought that yeah. was just so cool. How did how did that uh, feel for you? It was um it was exciting. You know, Richard and I uh, we went we played in Puerto Rico together. We've kind of Shared a little bit of a bond since I've come over here. We spent a lot of time in the Sangun, Nigo, and Ichigun all uh, playing together. Um, and it's good to to be at that level. I know he's had some success there. I've had some success at the big league levels. You know, not anything super notable. But when we're both, you know, there and enjoying the time together, it's it's very exciting for both of us because uh, I feel like we've we've kind of experienced a lot of the same thing over here. And um, you know, he's a good guy at heart. I you know he wants to do well. He's very competitive and. And to be at that level together and, and, and putting up good numbers and giving our team a chance to win is uh, very exciting. Yeah, I, I just thought that was a cool moment for you both. I wanted to send you an email and just say, and I was just so <laughs> proud of you guys out there together <laughs> contributing to a win, but I wanted to leave you alone. Um, so, you know, the media and the fans, we focus on those wins, wins and losses a lot, but mm. how do pitchers really feel about them? Because sometimes they're out of your control. A lot of times they're out of your control. Mm. Um, I mean... It's nice. It's a it's a nice stat to have. I'd say more for the fans rather than the pitchers because, um, like that's kind of a a team. You know, it's it's around the team and not just yourself as a pitcher. Um, so 
you know, I could go out there and, and, and go seven or eight without giving up a run and I could get a no decision or like you did earlier there. in the season. Yeah. <laughs> right, I could go out and give up five and give up, give up, you know, six runs and get a win. And, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot, it comes down to, to your teammates as well. You can't just, uh, you can't get a win by yourself. Your team has to score, right? Um, and they have to help you defensively and, and all that stuff. And it's a good stat line to show like how much you've helped the team. But I'd much rather, you know, get a no decision um, and, and really give my team a better chance to win rather than just go out there and, and kind of struggle at my way through a start and, and uh, you know, or, or whatever it comes down to. But I, I want to go out there, no matter if I get a win or not, just give them the best chance they have to win. Yeah, I mean, you know, we count in the media, too. We've got to count the wins and losses. And I feel like to me, sometimes if a pitcher has a lot of losses, it kind of means something because it means the team has faith in you to keep putting you out there Mm -hmm. and that you're pitching deep enough in the games to get a decision. So Mm -hmm. it kind of means that you're doing well. Even, I mean, I see guys in a magic number around 10 losses, you know, and everybody's in a panic and I'm like, well, you got to be a good pitcher to get 10 losses. And they won't put (laughs) you you out there. Something (laughs) right to get 10 losses. Right. You're not going to, I mean, you know, unless you go out there and lose 10 straight games, but I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, even like I remember it was uh, who was the last year's Lions pitcher? He had like he was like three and seven or, or one and seven that. or like yeah, the lefty. And it's like yes. well, if he went out there and got seven losses, that means he was actually probably doing something right. He was going out there and putting up good numbers. And you know, sometimes you're just not going to win those games. Um, and it sucks. It sucks for him. I'm sure he wants to have a better record. But <laughs> if you're if you're going out there and giving him good chances to win every time, your teammates are going to be much happier than that. If someone who's you know, 15 and 0, but they have to put up 10, five to 10 runs every time they go out there and pitch. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Now, um, you know, we've seen a lot of roster shuffling this season, including with the Hawks and Coco Ballantine. You know, he always told us that if you're not getting the job done, especially with uh, the Hawks, they won't hesitate to get somebody else in the game and on the team. So uh, how do you operate in that kind of atmosphere? I'd say just not something I can really, you know, worry about. Um, if I'm worried about getting sent down or, or, or struggling, then I'm just never going to perform well. Um, you know, I can't decide what the coaches are going to do with me or when they're going to pitch me. So I have to just go out there and, and put up good, norm- good numbers and pitch with, you know, every ounce of energy and everything that I have every day. We always talk about competition. I think players bring it up, but how much does that really improve a player when you know that there's so much competition for, you know, mound time for per se or starts and all that stuff. I'd say that's probably personally, I think is one of the, the best ways you can to improve a, uh, a player um, is really show them like is really make them earn their time. Right. Um, and put them around the best possible players. So, you know, if, if the way that you're going to get to the big leagues or the way that, you're going to get more pitching time in the big leagues is to go out there and, and perform consistently and show that consistency. That's going to make the guy become better over just like handing him more, more and more time. Both ways are somewhat effective, but I, I feel personally is you got to earn your, you got to, you have to earn your dues. You have to pitch well to earn that playing time. Sure. Sure. I mean, uh, earn your reps. That's what mm-hmm. a lot of guys say. And, and, and I understand that. How much does that add to the pressure that you're already feeling, especially when you go out in a game? Mm, I'd say not really during the game. Maybe during the week, you might think about it a little bit. 
maybe early on, like, you know, when I first got called up, I felt a lot of pressure to go out there and perform well, you know, uh, like my first start when I was throwing against the Tigers at first and third, two outs in like the fourth inning. And, um, you know, you just kind of take a step off. You're like, like, I got to bear down and, and execute here because, uh, you never, I don't know when I'm going to pitch again. I don't know if I'm going to get sent down after this, but I have to go out there and, and really show them that I deserve to be here and that they can trust me moving forward. And that's kind of, that was kind of one of those opportunities that was put in front of me. And, and every time I go out there and pitch, I get those opportunities. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not perfect. I'm going to go out there and have games where I'm, you know, I'll have opportunities to really, you know, capitalize or to hold a team and I make a bad pitch or I don't execute a pitch, but that's part of baseball. It's then, you know, in doing the best you can in the, in the many opportunities that you're going to get, because you're going to fail, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, one instance, and in just as you were talking, I remembered that the pitch that you threw to Cedeno that he ends up hitting, I think it was Cedeno, right? Against mm-hmm. Oryx and he hit to, to right field for a home run. And I'm like, well, that that's not a home run pitch that that you just got to tip your hat sometimes to the batters. They got to stick. They're waiting on something, uh, you know, maybe and they get it. And it doesn't matter if it's in a good location for, you know, you, like you hit your spot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they hit it and sometimes it goes out and fans really have to understand that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even <laughs> even two days ago for me, I uh, to um, the two hole for the Marines. I gave up a, a, a one, uh, you know, a split finger. It was, it was middle, low away. Um, he poked one over the right field fence and I was like, you know, if I just get through that inning, get four done one run, I, I can go through that fifth, maybe even the sixth, and just kind of finish the outing strong. And, and that happens. Right. And I, I feel like I could have, uh, made a little bit of a better pitch there, but I can't be upset over it. And I have to keep moving forward and get ready for next week. Right. So yeah, you mentioned that that start on Tuesday and, you know, I often say with young or maybe unproven players that, um, when you're not at your best, people say that the young player is bad. But mm-hmm. when it's a veteran player, they say he had a bad game. Mm-hmm. It's completely different and unfair. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, how do you assess things each game? Do you sit down with the coaches or the catchers? Or how do you go about uh, assessing your performances? Um, I mean, depending on the game, I feel like uh, after last game, I f- there was more stuff I could have done before the game in terms of planning and approach to the game that I feel like we should have done better uh, not just myself or the or the coaches or, or the catcher just everybody um I feel like I pitched a little bit timidly and that's never that's not what you want to do at this level uh, you need to be very aggressive and, and uh you know go right after guys and so that was kind of how I stepped that outing you know the one before when I threw the orcs I you know went seven shutty and um I felt like there was still stuff I could have done better that game mm-hmm. um I felt like there was at times where like I, I just couldn't like I gave a couple singles in a row like I just couldn't get that that momentum going for us and, and there's just different things each outing um, and I assess it from day to day uh, you know like last outing I didn't feel great but you know I felt like I came out a little slow I feel like I didn't come out with my best stuff early on and I got to be able to go from first pitch and have have my uh, my best stuff from the the first pitch even if you know some days you don't have your best stuff you know all that but I got you. Uh, that my best stuff that day, I didn't feel like I came out with it immediately. And that's kind of why I fell a little bit into a hole and got behind the eight ball and, and threw a lot of pitches in the first inning. Um, and you can't let that happen. You got to fix that and move forward. 
So you go to fix it and make adjustments. Do you, like I said, do you sit down with the coaches? Do you sit down with the catchers? Do you sit down with some of the other pitchers? And I know you have some resources in that mm-hmm. locker room with some of the veteran pitchers. Yeah, I try to at least sit down with the coaches, maybe after every outing, after every other outing, just kind of talk about adjustments that I'm making, ask what they want to see differently, stuff like that. Um, sit down with Kai, trying to kind of get him to, to know me more, see what my pitching style is and see what he wants to see more out of me. Um, you know, he's played thousand, I don't know how many games, a lot of games at the big league level over here. And I've played, I've thrown 10 this year. I've thrown, I've had 10 starts and, you know, however many, two years ago, uh, I don't exactly, I'm not a veteran in any sense. I'm, you know, I don't even know if I've hit a hundred innings in the big leagues, but, um, so I don't, I'm not experienced. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, realistically, I'm just going out there and sometimes I'm making decisions based off of how I feel and, and what I, what I want. And that might not always be the best decision, but, um, the way I can help that day by day and, and week by week is, is just talking, just communicating, telling them why I'm doing it. You know, sometimes you just want to throw a pitch. There's no reason. There's no, there's no reasoning behind it. It could be the worst <laughs> pitch to the time, but you just want to execute a pitch. Um, and that is something that I want to let him know. Um, but sometimes he's got to be like, hey, man, like step off. Let's think about this logically. Uh, this is what you need to throw right here. You execute it. We're out of this inning. So there's there's all the different types. And, you know, pitching is so mental. Right. Um, and it's just getting to know each other and, and what we're uh, what we're both capable of doing. Sure. Sure. Now, you've got some great resources in that locker room. Like I said, you've got Yoshi Wada, a guy pitched in the majors. You got Jorge Arihara, who pitched in the majors a little bit. And you've got some experienced uh, pitchers like uh, Nao Higashiyama, who threw tonight. Mm-hmm. Do you just grab an interpreter sometimes and just, or vice versa? Do they grab an interpreter and come over to you? I mean, how does that work where you guys are exchanging information? Yeah. I mean, it's not every day, but when I have questions, I will know there's no hesitation to go up to them and, um, and ask them. They're all very open. Um, and same thing with me, you know, they always are willing to learn. They want to learn stuff from me. I might not be teaching them a whole lot, but they always have have questions here and there. And I always want to come to them with just, you know, sometimes uh, there's certain guys in lineups. I'm just not really sure how I should pitch and how I go up to them or, um, you know, it could be a hundred different things, you know, mechanically, physically, mentally, all different types of things. Um, and it's nice having those guys type of guys in the locker room. They're uh, they're a good presence. Um, generally, they're a little bit quieter, and but they're very knowledgeable. They're not, um, they don't act like they're, they're guys. They don't act like, you know, they're the best thing in the world that, you know, they pitch in the States. Uh, but they act like, um, you know, very, they're very confident. Um, they have a very good demeanor and they are very open to talking and to, to teaching. Yeah. It's good to have some veteran guys in there who are approachable and who don't, uh, yeah, sit up too high. Now you guys are locked in this, you're stuck or locked in this playoff battle. Uh, when I think a lot of people, including myself, expected you to take the the pennant and, and, and you guys were up there in the first half of the season and things were looking good and things have not we had been a, we had a real, uh, down roll there for a minute. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, I uh, I guess what's the attitude that, that's, I mean, that you guys are feeling right now when you're locked in this battle and, and every game means so much because, now you're looking at that third final spot and not that the season's over. You could get up to second, obviously, but 
definitely you need to put the wins together. It's more about winning than teaching. Yeah, we need to put that streak. I mean, honestly, it would be better for me better if this question was uh, three days from now after we play the Eagles in the three game series, right? Right. Um, but every game is so much more meaningful, right? You know, if we were 10 games ahead in first place, it's just kind of like, all right, let's just, you know, win a couple more games and, and go with the title and take our week off and, and get going in the, you know, in the climax series. But uh, right now it's like, just gritty everyone's grinding everyone's just doing anything we can to put a win together um like this week right i wanted to go out there and i just wanted to give us a chance a chance to win and 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 when you don't when you kind of struggle and feels like everyone's down and you don't really give them that chance that you wanted to it's a feeling but you know then to come back yesterday and today and to put two really good wins together all right that gives me more confidence going into next week like okay you know, I didn't give him the best start. We put two or three together. You know, what happens if we, if I give him a good start? How are we going to, you know, let's sweep them. We can put those, if we can just put that, you know, two series, three series in a row together, you know, winning seven or eight of them, like that's, that's all we're going to need. That's, that's it. You know, we, we take two or three from the Eagles this weekend. It's going to be like a different, you know, different ball club. You know, if we take two or three, we just took two or three from the Marines. Like we're going to, um, we're going to, to Cebu who's in last and then the Marines who are in second to last and like, we got six straight games, then we play the Eagles again. If we can get a five of six, four of oh, yeah. six from those from those two series, dude, it's 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 gonna feel great going in that into that next uh Eagle series. Um, feeling confident, re, like rejuiced. Everyone's gonna feel just like we can really do it. Now on the on the flip side, right? You know, we struggle against some teams who are struggling. It's 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 kind of the opposite effect, as you know. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> exactly. uh, and you know, you, you see, especially in, in in these days, like you see teams, you where you think they're playing out the string, and they look like they're playing out the string, and then all of a sudden, a couple guys get hot, and a couple young players uh, looking for some playing time and trying to make a name for themselves next season start hurting you and and you know you, you lose some games and and it hurts <laughs> it, it hurts does <laughs> but also like uh you know when we got guys like Yanagita and Kondo and Akira like guys who are dudes who can put 10 at bats and put six or seven hits together in those 10 ABs well now it's like oh we can do anything you know we get we can score seven eight nine runs in a game just like nothing that you know that's a good feeling as well and Certainly. you know right now I feel like uh it's just a matter of, of, of being able to, to kind of put those games together back to back. I feel like we'll have one really good game. We'll put, you know, we put up seven plus tonight and, and, and really did well. And it's just like, all right, can we, if we put three or four of those games together, it's, it's going to feel really, really good and give us a lot of confidence. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you sitting down and spending some time with us. Good luck. And we're always watching. Yeah, I appreciate it. appreciate you guys having me on. All right. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> Wow. How you like that? that? Great. So, yeah, I, so, I loved it. Like? I loved it. What'd you like? What'd you like? Oh, what did I like? I liked the stuff about wins. I thought that was really, really good. I know we've talked about it in mm-hmm. interviews before, but it's always, oh, I don't know. I, I think, the, I think because he hadn't won a game mm-hmm. until this year, although he did take part in a, you know, he was a pitcher in uh, he was the starting pitcher in a combined no hitter once mm-hmm. i don't even uh, remember that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the whole he was the but he only went he went like three and a third innings or something and a start he's a short starter and a combined no hitter once for the hawks but uh because he had never had a win i think his perspective was 
you know, I asked, because I remember asking Cy Sneed, you know, how did that big win feel when you you snet your your uh, big game in Sapporo snapped the Swallows? Well, I think they've lost uh, 10 or 11 games in a row. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he <laughs> said, right, no, this you year, know, yeah. you know, he was really calm and collected about it. But I, I thought that was really interesting. You know, that was, uh, you know, it's usually like, we just don't get the details. And that mm-hmm. was, that was detail. Like I really, I crave, you know, so that was great. And, and my, and the other thing I would want to add is that my, my thoughts about his best game was actually the game where he gave up the three run home run to Leo, uh, Leo Cedeno yes. against Shimpeta Yamashita because that pitch, you know, it was a, that was a, Blown away fastball, and he was just on it, you know. And he hadn't been on any of his fast. He had completely overwhelmed him with a fastball on the pitch before, and it was one of those pitches. It was such a tiny percentage. I think you absolutely said that right on that one. Yeah, it, and it could have been a better pitch, but that's like saying, you know, Rolls Royce could make better cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's that's where it was it was a really good really good pitch and and just you know that that stuff happens and sedania was absolutely on everything that week so okay but that was my my feeling and then of course he proved the the exception to the rule is sometimes proves the rule because his third win was one like you know Where'd that come from? <laughs> he walked a bunch of guys. He wasn't all that good, but he got a lot of runs. You know, he got run support and he got lucky outs and, yeah. and all kinds of things. So, you know, it, it goes all ways. But I, I just really appreciated that that bit and the, the whole conversation. And uh, thanks for doing it. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. And so, yeah, for me, let's start with that forearm issue that he mentioned. And whether it was mm. tightness or stiffness, that's number one for me because that... It sounds yeah, that, scary. We, you know, we well, just heard Shohei Ohtani talking about stiffness a little bit before he yeah. had an arm so issue. It's yeah, the the forearm tightness is like the number one thing you. I would say you hear every time that there is an announcement that somebody needs Tommy John surgery. The first one is he started feeling forearm tightness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 bothered me. And then number two is him giving us some inti- insight into how starving pitchers view the schedule, because mm. he gave us kind of a breakdown of playing teams lower in the standings. You know, the, the Eagles mm-hmm. who were right behind them, but then uh, he did talk about the fact that they were going to play the Lions and the Fighters, and that he, he didn't come out and say it outright, but he did say that you know we need to win these games so that we can put some distance. Uh, you know, between ourselves and the Eagles, because these are games that we probably should win and we just need to take care of business. He didn't come out and say it, but, you know, I always say this, most players and coaches say we'll take it game to game and day by day and yada, yada, yada. And and not here. CSJ really said the quiet part out loud when he talked about that. And I, and I loved it because we always ask these guys questions, right? We ask them questions. And I, I love in the media, I don't know how much you listen to media outlets in the States, but they'll be talking and they'll say, well, this player shouldn't have said this. He should have said this, you know, and give us the cliche answer. But then when they give us the cliche <laughs> answer, they rip them and say, well, we don't, it, it's useless to talk to this player. He only gives you the cliche answer. And I'm like, well, dude, we, you know, we can't have it both ways. So, 
you when they give us the information, you just have to appreciate it and then use it and take it and do with it do with it what you will. But you know, I, I thought about the fact that CSJ said, "Look, we need to win these games, basically, and we need mm-hmm. to put that you know put some W's in the in the bank here uh, when we have this opportunity." And he didn't say all of them. Um, but you know, do what you can do to to put some distance between yourself and the Eagles. And the best thing they can do that since they're locked in a in a race to the death here, uh, because the winner gets in and the loser does not, if, if they end up, which it looks like they will be racing for that final playoff spot, then uh, the the series that they're in right now is is the big one. And they came so close to coming all the way back from a big deficit on Friday. But they got out to a lead today on Saturday, and they won. So uh, Sunday should be really fun. I'll be watching that one from the office. But next, I absolutely love what he said about W's and L's, uh, for that matter. But it's it's just, unless a guy blows up a game early all the time, or even middle, mm-hmm. or even late, you know, the starters are just a part of the crew that carries the weight. And nobody gets up after the game and says, man, this guy, you know, I carried... I carried the 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 weight of the you know the victory for you know x number of innings or whatever and the next guy comes up and says I carried it this far and then the manager is going to say well you know what you all you all mattered in the win so you know let's not mm. look about, look at you know how much each person did let's just look at the the collective and it's really hard to keep people focused on the collective and I think fans we and, and observers all of us we are just sometimes criminal in that uh, we put too much blame on one guy especially pitchers especially with the wins losses thing i mean it, it really can be out of their control and it can be fickle and it could be uh something you know where a guy throws a one pitch situation comes in and, and maybe gets some big outs but then he's just fortunate because the offense clicks in the next inning and gets the runs and gets a lead or something. I mean, it just, or he's, it's just, or he's the guy who doesn't throw a pitch who the runner gets caught with two outs, gets caught stealing and you score the tie breaking run. The pit, the guy who pinch hits for you, it's a solo home run. Exactly. <laughs> You're the winning pitcher. Exactly. But yeah, that was really, really fun. And like I said, we love the candidness and just love that CSJ makes time for us. And so really appreciate you, Carter. And thank you so much mm. for sitting down. And since we got a packed show, let's move on, make a four-seam transition to the Yamamoto no-no. So it seems like <laughs> we were joking about which, this. Which we, we should call, like, actually, we should call a no-no now because it's more than a no-no in <laughs> Japan because ordinary no-nos are not good enough. Some ordinary no-hitters, well, actually unusual no-hitters, are not good enough in Japan because the definition is different. And you know what I'm going with this, right? Yes, I do. Go ahead. Okay. So we don't actually know how many no-hitters by MLB definitions have been thrown in Japan because we do not have a complete record of every pitcher who threw a nine-inning win but allowed without a hit but while allowing a run. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they don't count, um, but I know I know of at least one because I have I have at least one that that was a a, a no hit win, but because he allowed a run, Japan said, you know, no, no. they were a little. No, <laughs> that's right. That it was actually that's a that's a no no, that's a no no, that's a no 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 there. 
All right. I don't even know anymore. All right. So anyway. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we you need. You don't know a, me. Yeah. We, you don't know me anymore. <laughs> you don't know me like that. We need a JBW rule because this is like, I, I don't know. We were trying to count like before. Uh, this is like the fourth or fifth time in out of six or seven years that when one of us leaves the country, some somebody in MPB throws a no hitter. Now I've missed like three. I think I was okay. out of the country and I think I'm pretty sure this is the, the second time for you. Uh, probably yeah anyway on saturday at zozo marine stadium oryx ace yoshinobu yamamoto fires his second no hitter and it's he has thrown them in back-to-back years and he threw one on june 8th last year on the road at Cebu. so he's got two both of them on the road he hasn't thrown one <laughs> at home and i I love what they said in the hero interview today they said uh uh you this is the place where you guys got no hit and had a perfect game thrown against you last year and Yamamoto said yeah we wanted to get him back for that but you know I, <laughs> little did I think it would be like this but um anyway it's the first time in the two league system that a pitcher has thrown a no-no in consecutive seasons and Shuta Ishikawa last month I think that was August 18th uh, through a no-hitter, and I also credited Chunichi's Yuya Yanagi with his nine-inning effort in a 10-inning game uh, for a no-hitter. So we can call it three this year, but uh, officially it's just the second one this year. And uh, you didn't see much of this game, if any at all, because you were out of I country or on it. a plane or watching, listening uh, to no, a pillow. The game, <laughs> no, no, the game was uh, on while I was uh, taking care of arrival stuff in Japan. So. Okay. All right. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't see much of this game either. Most We had mostly day games, and I was pretty much, after waking up to watch U.S. Open tennis this morning, I was pretty much sported out. And uh was taking a little mental break, but I kept on Twitter and, and then I flipped on the radio and I caught the sixth inning, bottom of the sixth inning. And they said, you know, Yamamoto hasn't given up a run. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> and I pretty much figured it was a race home, you know, to get here and, and get the TV on so I could watch the end of it, which I did. But the the Wonder Twins pretty much made it impossible for me to concentrate on the game in the aftermath because I kept getting questions and having to deal with stuff. I'm like, don't you kids understand this is a no hitter? You know, get out of here. You, you bother me. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, Yamamoto has, like I said, I called this his uh, simple minds game. Don't you forget about me because we have, I have to be honest, we've been making so much fuss about Doki Sasaki and how hmm. great he was. And there's so much hype around Shohei Otani and what he has done in the majors. And we just kind of forgot that Yamamoto, who's leading in four top categories now because he took over the strikeout lead tonight. So I think he has the wins. The strikeouts and the ERA and something else that I didn't look up, probably winning percentage. I yeah, mean, that's his. Yeah, he's led the. He's led in at least he's led in the three of those categories two years in a row: strikeouts, ERA, and wins. And the winning percentage, I think, uh, one or one or two of those years. I, I'm I'm not winning percentage is not one I really register. And yeah. he'll be leading and he'll be leading in strikeouts until Otsuki. Kaneichi throws again, which is what's happening now on a weekly basis. Right. Yamamoto passes him, and then Kaneichi passes him because he's a strikeout monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a monster in the closet because of Roki Sasaki. Nobody knows he exists. Right. <laughs> well, they got a good look at him, and and we do know that Sasaki. This is 
officially Roki Eve because Sasaki is throwing tomorrow on Sunday. So that's yeah, it's nice. Like, it's like Christmas when I go to Hawaii. I'm surprised there aren't there aren't celebrations here. Yep, yep, yep. So getting back to uh, Yamamoto's no hitter, he struck out eight. He he walked the batter, and then uh, I mean, he walked Hisanori Yasuda to open the six. Now he told a funny story about this this walk in the six that uh, uh, Yutaro Sugimoto came up to him. Uh, after an inning and uh, had uh, after Sugimoto had hit a home run and mm-hmm. Sugimoto was feeling really good and, and distracted him. That's why the walk happened in the sixth. And then uh, Yamamoto also hit Takashi Ogino in the ninth inning. But he, like I said, struck out eight and he had a couple. He had a nice play himself. He had a nice play mm. in the outfield, but mostly, you know, a bunch of weak contact and had guys just off balance and was spotting and controlling the ball and, you know, did what Yamamoto does. He doesn't really overpower people a lot. He just pitches weirdly well and keeps the ball out of peril, as I like to say. And so uh, the the Marines ended up being... And then you you know I as soon as I got home and started watching from the seventh of the last out of the seventh on, I could see the the Marines just kind of you know we got to get a hit and they were just trying to get bats on the ball and they were swinging and defensively and then sometimes reaching you know chasing and they they kind of got desperate and got back it's like that team that has a big lead and it's starting to they're starting to lose it you know mm-hmm. in another sport like a even in baseball sometimes but in basketball and and football you can see the momentum slipping away and it just looked like they were just out of sorts trying to just get a hit and they ended up not being able to do anything so a fun game for orgs for sure and not so fun for the marines fans but hey you got to see a no hitter i always like even if it's my team if i'm there in person i I gotta appreciate it i think so uh one of the a couple of other uh, the things i did see the first thing that struck me was was the comebackers Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, how 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 many times have we seen this with with this guy? And I thought, and I did ask, and I asked, uh, you know, I, I thought, well, gee, how often is that? Does he lead the leagues and comebackers or something? And I mm-hmm. and I thought, so he and Hiroya Miyagi each have twenty two this season. Mm-hmm. Wow. So Miyagi, Miyagi will probably pass him tomorrow. <laughs> and I thought, was well, that the most? And then I thought. Well, how many pitchers have 22 comebackers? Okay, just bear with me here a second. And then I got, okay, Kona. So here's the guys who have 22 or more in NPB. It's kind of an interesting list. Kona Takahashi is 22. Saibu pitcher. Uh-huh. Yep. Kai Yokogawa of the Yomiri Giants has 22. Hmm. Now we're going to get some interesting ones. Uh, Foster Griffin, 23. Giants pitcher. Masato, yep. Masato Morishita, 24. Carp. And three carps. Alan Curry, 27. Hiroki Tokuda, 29. Wow. Uh, now we've got Hiromi Ito, which is, of course, the guy I, pro- I probably thought would be the leader, who would be 28. The fighter's pitcher, yeah. Yep. Two Marines, Kazuya Ojima, 25, and Orlando Mercedes, 25. Hmm. And the and then the the all the champ this year Shinosuke Ogasawara twenty nine, and the thing that struck me when I was making this list it's not obvious because there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of guys who strike out people like uh, Ogasawara strikes people out and uh, Hiroki Tokura strikes people out and Kona Takahashi strikes people out but those kinds of guys are kind of the outliers 
Mm-hmm. And when Dylan Peters had a had a three game stretch where he could have been confused for a guy who strikes out batters, right? <laughs> That's one of those pitchers, yeah. But basically, he's a guy who you know you you know he's most of these guys are guys who locate and they mix their pitches and they change speeds so that guys are constantly hitting the ball off the end of the bat or hitting it off the handle or breaking bats and and there's a lot of broken bats in that list mm. so interesting so i thought that was interesting but no he's not the he's not the 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 grand poobah of uh, comebackers although it does look like it because like most of these japanese pitchers and you when they go to mlb they go wow this guy can really feel oh it's like that other japanese guy which one all of them all of them <laughs> so, That's yeah true. they do they, they do they do their pitchers feel it fielding practice the dreaded pfp probably more times than anybody wants to admit pfp baby <laughs> okay all right well thanks for that and now you said ogasawara was the leader with 29 and 29 who was, who was after him who was second uh after him, oh actually hiroki tokura has 29 with a carp which i, I find thought interesting that's what you said. Like, yeah it was... i did but i had all three carp together that's why i didn't i, I don't have them in an ordered list because at three in the morning i don't have ordered lists that that function is currently off <laughs> You are forgiven, sir. <laughs> and you're on vacation. So that, that function is probably on vacation too. All right. Awesome. Let's make a two-seam transition and talk about the league races. So the Buffaloes, the aforementioned Buffaloes, are just running away with the Pacific League. The Tigers are in countdown party mode. Uh, police not only invited but strongly encouraged to participate and stand by <laughs> because their magic number is down to seven, I believe, which means Indeed. that probably this week we're going to have a celebration at some point. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if it's as early as it can be, but, uh, you know, congratulations to those teams. I, I don't think there's much to talk about. We'll just get into how how and the why once they clinch. But um, I'm looking at SoftBank and I'm just I'm just thinking – third place it's 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 not where most of the people in fact i heard the pro yaki news you know oldies talking about it and they said this is not where we expected this team to be but hey look this is a product of you know the imports not steadily producing at the plate so far we've had spotty or inconsistent or unreliable all the cliche buzzwords you can use for not getting it done uh, in terms of play for for uh, I mean, across the Please board. Yeah, I mean, you've got Yuki and Agita, and he has been doing yeoman work, and Kensuke Kondo's having a career season, and their exploits are almost wiped out by the fact that they don't have a lot of help consistently. And it's, yeah, I'm, yeah I just want to say it's, it's just they, a consistent thing, because sometimes in spots they get help. Yeah, they've been more or less the Anaheim Angels of the Pacific League this year, except that they've got a winning record. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know when they stop calling them the Anaheim names. But it's oh, I'm back, sorry. But it's okay. Please it's three in the morning. It's, you're you're all good. But I, I would say, uh, yeah. Who who's the Otani on the SoftBank? <laughs> well, there, there ain't no, no, there isn't. But what I mean is, their two best players are like two, like two of the five best players in the league. Well, then, yeah, except for Trout's never around, so yeah, well, it's like one and a half fair. men. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, it's true, but anyway, uh, getting back on this side of the ocean, the, the Hawks. I, I would I, never, I would never call Mike Trout half a man to his face. 
Nine. even though he's such a he's such a gentleman and he he's such a but he's just a fierce looking guy <laughs> i don't think i don't know i don't think that I'm, i don't think he would interpret it that way he just I has only been around for half the season is yes. the point and, and yes so, i get it okay I get it. all right so uh i i wouldn't say the I and mean, even carter alluded to it a little bit when he said yeah we haven't been playing well but i i wouldn't call it a free fall but how about a a, a toilet swirl that's what the hawks have been in because they just they're going around and around and around, but they're not they're not going anywhere. And yeah, I I have to wonder. I have to wonder. This, you know, I, I I don't know what happened because with the Hawks, I really I'm really every time I watch a game and I see ten clips of Hawks manager Hiroshi Fujimoto looking like why me. Why are these guys? Are these guys and you? Are we wearing the same uniform like we had been for the last eight years? Yeah, I, I uh. mean, my interpretation of his looks are: Are you kidding me? You know, not why me so much as why now? <laughs> why mm. are these guys failing this team now? When I took over, when, didn't I mean? Didn't we do well last year? Where talk about your twilight zones? He's got this kind of befuddled look on his face sometimes. Like, are you kidding me? But I, I I don't know. It's hard to identify. The things that I've identified mm. are these, that they've shuffled guys in and out of the lineup and on and off the roster so much that they're just, they lack continuity. Could be. That's yeah, what because, it looks like. Yeah, that's an interesting one because be, for the last, oh, oh, the last, more than the last decade, the last 13 years, the Hawks had this core. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had six or seven guys guys who were just going to be better than the rest you know guys you know they wouldn't all be there every year but nobuhiro uh, matsuda and seichu chikawa and they'd have two or three pitchers who were you know in the top 10 of the league in starting pitchers and they'd have uh, a closer who was really good and they had all the pieces that everybody else just wished they had one of you know they had that extra guy and they had that core and then one one of the one or two of the or three of those guys would go down and then they just plug in the new guys into the holes mm-hmm. and now there's you know there's it's there's more holes than swiss cheese <laughs> there's more holes than capable guys to plug them well yeah exactly <laughs> there's just that that core it just ain't there no more and yeah. this that too um, that too age, and agent yeah. agent free agency yeah i mean for me I, I see a guy come up we've seen we saw alfredo despagne we saw uh, the other important and i think they brought up courtney hawkins courtney hawkins recently and he got a couple of bad bats and then he's been glued to the bench i mean they just they don't have patience to let guys go out and and find themselves or discover themselves or learn or get back in play themselves that back into shape. Or, that's and, I think that's that's interesting because the old one was, you know, you earned you you earned your place on the first team by unlike most teams, you earned your place on the first team or you earned a trial with the Hawks where what you did in the minors and what you did in throwaway games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it's almost like yeah, I I think so too. Now it's like the Hawks. I don't know if they're giving. They don't seem to be giving up on people, but they also don't seem to have that extra confidence button in these guys because these guys can play. I, I think the guys they're throwing in there who are failing or, pl- or can play, 
And I wonder if the Hawks have decided that, you know, raise the bar on their mind, you know, they've sort of regressed to old MPB mode where if you don't succeed as a pinch hitter in eight out of 10 plate appearances as a minor leaguer who's never faced this quality pitching, well, then you're probably not a major league player. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know, but like I that's said, that's the Hanshin. That's the Hanshin Tigers <laughs> and DNA Bay Stars test. Burn him! <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not used. They're not useful. Get them out. I, I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, I, I think it's a problem. And mm. uh, I mean, that's one of the issues that I've seen. But I mean, you know, it just looks like a team that's backpedaling. You know, and they, I think that that started. Uh, a lot of the roster shuffling or lineup shuffling started mm. the the downfall. But anyway, let's talk about the Eagles quickly. I, I, I look at them and, you know, they got as close as uh, one and a half games away with a win on Friday. And then, like I said, the Salt Bank Hawks came back and won today on Saturday. We'll have to see what happens on Sunday. But they're they, they we look at this team and it's it's crippled. It's got a, a wing tucked under a, a bad shoulder and it can't fly straight. And uh, you know, the, but this team is still good enough to put some pressure on SoftBank, which which is really weird because we're looking around at at, at the Eagles and that group has had problems as well. And you know, we had Masahiro Tanaka throwing today, and yeah, you know, who. He's a guy whom I'm pretty much given up on. I, I just don't think he's going to be good. And I, I don't know what the problem is. Maybe he's got some of that forearm tightness, too, that he's been not telling the doctors about or the the manager about or whatever. But he was decent today, but he worked himself into a bases loaded, no out pickle in the seventh. And Kazuhisa Ishii, the manager, just left him out there to die and die he did. Uh, and then it was an eventual 7 mm. 2 loss, and he you know, suddenly couldn't get guys out. and you know, they're sitting on his off-speed stuff, especially the sliders, and they just, they're just, if he misses it at all with them, he just whacks, they just whack him. So, but again, still within striking distance, if this team, you know, writes the ship or gets back on course to give the Hawks a, a problem. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's a life or death situation. You either in the playoffs or your season's over. So it's, it's time to produce. And well, the Hawks it. are in an interesting situation because I'm, I mean, they're they're not they're also in that area where if they have any stretch of you know five or six games they could easily finish second place ahead of the Marines. So, you know, we we just don't really we don't know about that race. It's not like they're it's not necessarily like they're hanging on. It's not like they're hanging on. To, it's a battle for third place. The Marines could be the uh, few odd good men out. <laughs> few odd yeah, good men in yeah. that in that battle for third place because their their hold on second is pretty precarious as well yeah yeah it's interesting it is all right let's seamlessly move over to the central league now the bay stars put on a display of exactly why it's going to be a tough mountain to climb in the postseason in two games versus the carp this week and back-to-back walk-off losses and i want to point out that i give credit to hiroshima for coming back and winning those games but Mm. Batted balls that were just not right. turned into outs. They were likely outs in a normal situation. And we talked about it earlier in the season. Jim gave the number that they had the worst percentage of, was it the worst of the uh, really bad well, they had percentage? The lowest def- they had the lowest defensive efficiency rating, which is the percentage of batted balls that are turned into outs. Thank you. Thank you. And, and you know, and I, you, I looked at that and I thought, well, that can't be. They're not that bad. But then you see these 
the, the plays that are close and they get a glove on it, but they can't make the throw or they have yeah. to leave their feet to get the glove on it. So they can't make the throw or it does seem they just weird don't that, get there. <laughs> yeah, it, it does seem weird that if you have Masayuki Kuohara playing center field, that you could be worse in that category. No, that I don't think so. I think I think he's a real good hustle player, but I don't actually think he's that great an <laughs> outfielder. That's that's what well, I've seen. I, he I, has he has a magnet in his glove where if he's close to the ball, <laughs> it's gonna find it. Okay. But gotta get we've close seen to the that ball, before. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. But I, I'm 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 pressed in general, but uh, I'm not talking I'm talking uh scoutish wise looking at a select the select plays that I've watched and stuck in my brain as opposed to actually an objective view gotcha. of the record. Gotcha. So gotcha. I'm, I accuse me of that today sure so uh, you know that we've seen a i guess a couple areas break down for the bay stars in these recent games one the the bullpen just hasn't been able to get the outs you know you bring in guys to get specific batters and they can't get the outs or uh in one instance i think they were playing the outfield kind of close they were pinching in and so the ball mm. goes over there i mean you know yeah. just little things there's little details yeah, yeah but those, and those yeah, contribute I, to those batted balls not being caught. And so I don't think those issues are going to go away when the postseason gets here. And I fear, even though they have good results with a lot of their starting pitchers, that they're not going to be able to get through these games if they can't get off the field in, in key moments. Yeah, that's that is well, the, the base stars are on our team where their offense is was has been really lopsided all year. In that. Basically, uh, basically driven by Toshiro Miyazaki and Shugo Maki. And uh, so when Miyazaki went down, they, this team looked, uh, okay, I'm going to avoid pejoratives here. They just looked really fragile. Mm. They looked like suddenly, well, how can we be expected to win now? You know, they were, they were sort of going into that mode for a minute. And then their uh, former MLB star, got hurt and they're thinking well how can we be expected to win now and a contrast to that is the Yomiri Giants were looking like they were headed for the toilet about two weeks ago and then Kazumo Komodo got COVID and there were people saying well how can we be expected to win now but Hayato Sakamoto has some big games Yoshihiro Maru has some big games yes and this is this is when the gut the when Shosei Togo who had been really the best pitcher in the Central League for most of the season, suddenly, well, and and I don't know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know. It's because he had that game where he threw what 130, 140 pitches in a to throw a complete game, hundred forty one or something. Yeah, and came back again. <laughs> and next first... week, and he got he hasn't he hasn't been good since then, and that's just an easy out because we don't know what what those things are and what the relationship between those things are on um, between those data points. But right, he's well, had he, a rough was, time. Yeah, but he was good on Friday though because he came back okay. again with hundred and forty pitches of and uh, ten innings of of and I, I, it was against the Dragons, so it should only count half half as much, but. Uh yeah, he didn't he didn't give up very much at all. Three hits, struck out eleven oh, and good. two. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear in that. Ten innings that. against the Dragons, yeah, in a scoreless draw. <laughs> but other, other than other than that, the, he threw 140 pitches again. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't like to hear that. Yes. Yeah, it's like Doctor Jekyll and Manager Hara. Wow. <laughs> I like that. That's good. 
but yes, yeah, yeah. 149 pitches back on August 3rd. And then, yeah, he had some, I, I wouldn't call it struggle struggles, but he had some issues. And then the, the, the previous two games before that, he had given up five runs and then six runs on August 25th. Mm-hmm. And September 1st is when he gave up five runs. But he has been okay. I, I'm looking at the Giants and I'm thinking, you know, the, the pack, patchwork rotation, the mix and match lineups and the spotty relief. These are things that they're winning with. You know, this is, uh, they keep getting big plays and big runs and big moments. And I think every series for them is a big series. And even today, Tomoyuki Sugano comes off the mound uh, at the start of the sixth inning. He had some kind of injury. I, 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 someone said it was a hip. I don't know exactly what it was. I didn't read up on it because I was, after that happened, I started getting into the other games. But um, somebody named Hiromasa Funabasama. I don't. I've never heard of this guy. He, I've never seen him. I don't. I never heard of him. And he comes on in an emergency situation. And granted, it's again, it's only the hopeless dragons who can't hit, who are in the midst of a 33 inning scoreless, whatever you want to call it, funk, malaise. Uh, anyway, they they can't score anyway. And then uh, this guy throws uh, an inning, and then three relievers follow him, and only allow two hits and a walk. Uh, along the way and they finish off a win for Sugano and they beat the Dragons. So, you know, on offense, yeah, Okamoto doing some MVP things um, mm. with the bat and, you know, they, they're only a, a game and a half now behind mm. a two and a half. Stars. No, no, no. It's updated. Okay. Game and a half out. So wow. uh, right behind the base stars. So, you know, this is getting serious for the Bay Stars. They've got to figure things out with the gloves. I, I think they score enough runs and they, you know, of course, here's the thing about the schedule now. We've got a three-game series that starts this week. Uh, and then basically it starts on Tuesday this week. And then basically after that, there really are no more three-game series throughout September until yeah. the, to the rest of the season. They're just makeup dates and you know maybe a two game series here and then a one game uh one off standalone here and there so the yeah and, things and get saturday choppy and one, scattered saturday at one park and sunday at another one yeah Co- correct correct so um so this is it this, this is <laughs> time okay, to cue the kenny Loggins music yeah <laughs> what they did would they use that song in a movie was that song in a movie must have been but i can't remember what movie it was anyway this is it yes you are right no mistake anymore um so yeah it'll be fun i i would say to mark october 4th on your calendar because that's a standalone game between the giants and the bay stars and i would say that's going to have a big impact on uh, who goes to the to the playoffs so uh mark calendars all right making a one seam transition we're going to hit uh well we would love to talk about rocking with Roki and have that segment but uh like i said he throws on sunday so he's back and it's no surprise because i think he probably needed some time off you always credit the organization for being i don't know being able to give him a respite or get him off the mound and uh we heard csj talk about that forearm issue and uh, I, I just think guys need rest. And you heard CSJ said he was powering through, and I'm like, mm, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got that. That's, uh, yeah, actually, I had that same mm, response. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we uh, we don't have that. But we do have a lot of 
movement or possible movement of MPB players. So before you left, I'm not sure how much you heard about this, but uh, Shota Imanaga of DNA I, was, I did see that. was said to uh, be in line for being posted. So yeah, this was not a this was not a huge surprise because a DNA posts people, mm-hmm. and b he's been their best he's been their best pitcher for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was their best pitcher six when seven years ago as well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but but he had a stretch where he wasn't. Okay, and then he told uh, uh, Justin Verlander's brother in twenty twenty one that. Uh, he wanted to pitch an MLB, and he's that told ben, me that. Ben Verlander? Ben, yes, that is him, Ben. Okay. And uh, uh, and he he and I have talked, and he says, well, you know, I'm I'm trying, but I'm not there yet. But that's just kind of his co- code word for, because he got smacked around for telling a reporter that he was planning to go to MLB. Yeah, I'm sure he would be by the team. Was, the team yeah. was, yeah, the team was, uh, was. Uh, not not very happy with 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 that so uh and anyway so moving along so he's not a surprise but there were a couple there were there was a little surprise this yeah, past the, weekend yeah the okamoto mention in posting i yes. found highly questionable <laughs> well i think yeah and, and john morosi who who has who to his credit has been tuned into what people are saying saying about npb for the last uh, three years mm-hmm. uh got i think he he admitted he got his signals crossed with okamoto and that you know there are there are this is uh, there are signals when somebody's going to go and then usually the big the main signal is the guy tells the team he wants to go and then he tells reporters that he told the team he wants to go okay and then another signal is is a player's countdown to domestic free agency or international free agency. So because players in who move domestically in Japan, if they leave the team, the team can get compensation. They can get a huge wad of cash and or a less huge a less huge wad of cash in a player mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're if they're a top player if they're if they're in the top 10 percent, i think if they're in the top um i forget what there's a certain percentage if they're the top five players on the team in salary on their team in salary or something like that okay okay so those those are also conditions and i think he was he he had he he admitted that he was using one of those signals and he was it sounded like he had confused it with another of course the other signal which happened with in the case of of uh shun yamaguchi and happened in the case with who was posted by the omiri giants uh, after the 20 uh, after the 2019 season and also uh, masataka yoshida was that their agent had for six months or more or a year or more been telling MLB teams that he was going to be posted. Because <laughs> those and things, I, you know, they I, never I, cross I, the ocean. I, they never get back to Japan, right? So you can yeah, tell people they, well, they almost did. But I, speaking of smackdowns, I got one of those from the Omiri Giants when I got my MLB sources started 
ringing the bell when Shun Yamaguchi's agent was telling teams that he was going to be posted. And ML, MLB people started contacting me, said, did you know about this? And I said, no. So I I tweeted it in the Giants. And it, long story short, a lot of people knew about it in Japan through the Giants and through probably Shun Yamaguchi. But they were uh, prohibited from speaking about it on mm. the conditions of that that leak. But there were no conditions on the MLB people who were told by the agent. Anyway, so when I tweeted that, the Giants said, well, you broke our rules. You know, you're not allowed to say that because they just assumed that I had heard it from the NP. I didn't even know NPB people knew it. I didn't know J- the Japanese media people knew it. My coworkers in my day job knew it. A bunch of other sources knew it. But I never heard of it. So anyway, so they were angry, but uh, it was MLB. And the same thing was with Masataka Yoshida. People were saying, oh, yeah, he's going to be posted. You know, what do you think about him? And I, I said, well, I don't I hadn't I missed that, too. Jason told me that he had told the media I had missed it. I hadn't seen the report. So I, I was skeptical. But uh, here's the thing with Kazuma. So the first thought was never happened because the Giants don't post people. Which right. is, of course, not exactly true, but it could happen. And and I did reach out to some MLB people about that, uh, and I have not heard back. So I'm guessing it it could have been that his agent was in the U.S. telling people he's going to be posted. Mm. And when people say, oh, he couldn't be posted because he's not, the Giants generally don't post people. The answer is goes back to the reference earlier in the podcast about Japan NPB's contract twilight zone. You never know what player what agreements players have with their teams that nobody else in NPB knows about. Gotcha. In in the Shin Yamaguchi case, the team present the top mem- officials in the team didn't even know about the details of the contract. And in Figures. the case of Bobby Valentine, after the 2005 season, he was he report he had he was reported to be entering the final year after he won the 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 Pacific League. He didn't win the Pacific League pennant. Actually, he won a won a playoff. After he won the Japan Series, the newspaper reports had reported that he was in a three year contract and he was finishing his second year. And the team's top executive, this um, questionable person named Gozo uh, Setoyama, said he can't leave. He's in the third year of his contract. And here was the team president taking, uh, basically basing his information by what he read in the media. He didn't know <laughs> Valentine was in the second year of a two-year contract. He had an opt-out or something. So these teams don't know people within the teams don't know and it is very it's not it's not beyond the scope of imagination that the when the giants said we want to sign you and okamoto as an amateur and okamoto said so yeah we want to play for you he's not a but he's not a giants fan you know he's a tigers fan he grew up as a tigers fan so if you wanted to sign him you're going to have to give him uh an option to become to post him (laughs) It's unlikely, but it's not impossible. So he could have a contract that requires the Omir Giants to post him. All right. Well, yeah, I, again, all that stuff aside, I he's in his ninth year. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know how much top team experience he has because he didn't play right away. 
Um, here's the thing, though. The team's not, I mean, it's in fourth as we speak now. And uh, I would imagine that they also worked something into the contract where, you know, as long as we went to the playoffs and you contributed or something like that, something to that effect. And they're in fourth place now. So if they're struggling with him, they I, I just don't think they imagine life without him and letting yeah, him go but, unless they make a somehow make a dramatic japan series run yeah well like i said it's a hundred percent based on what we don't know on yeah. the call on the stand call if he has if he has it in writing you know they could they could say please don't please please baby please baby please baby please but uh <laughs> i've been there hashtag so, all right, um, you're you're over fifty. We've all been there. All right, well, let's move on to some of the bad boy talk now. Uh, Hotaka Yamakawa, and I knew this last week, and I forgot to put it on the on the agenda, and then I completely forgot what we were talking because we talked about the Lions. But Hotaka Yamakawa, the Lion Slugger, who back in May uh, had issues with this uh, sexual assault accusation, and eventually we learned this past week that there were going to be no charges brought against him that he could really be reinstated. And the article I read basically said that the Lions probably wouldn't put him on the field, that he would be on indefinite suspension. He um, was suspended indefinitely, but... But, yeah. Th- that, that means an indefinite suspension is a way of a Japanese team saying, we're really, really mad at you, but get ready to play. <laughs> get ready and stay ready, but yeah. But I saw a picture yeah, of stand, him. Stand back and stand by. Oh gosh, yeah, I saw a picture and he was standing back but not standing by the donut line because <laughs> he yeah. looked a little bit out of shape, a little bit more out of shape, let's put it that way. But that goes to, I mean, he's already a big guy anyway. That goes to, if you're not training as much and you think you're training hard, do you actually get out there and try to compete with other people yeah. until you find out that you're not? Good point. And anyway, the, the, the picture did not was not very flattering let's put it that way it looked like he might have eaten a couple of james hardens but anyway um he uh crab yeah, cakes wow. yeah you say you say, you say probably he'll be back now uh our buddy glenn sent me an email and joke because the dodgers julio urias had a domestic violence incident and was arrested and glenn said well he's on his way to japan <laughs> <laughs> yeah it might be it might be you, you, you all i can say is you can absolutely guarantee DNA based stars are at the front of the line for that acquisition. Well, I joked this. I think I forgot who I suggested that who would accept him. But then I remembered we have Roberto Osuna, who was accused of uh, domestic of violence incident. Yeah, and, and he and, joined Lotte first and then went to SoftBank. So that's three teams we're talking about, that's right? That's correct. And In the Swallows a, had a... Had a uh, Lukey, I think it was Josh Lukey, Josh exactly, Lukey. who had been... Who had actually, I, th- I believe, convicted of, of lying to the police in an investigation about a sexual assault. So. That is correct. So, so we've that that no, that's four. I, I can't rephrase that because I don't know he was convicted. No, I, I think, think he, he got was, it right because I, I he looked it was up. he was certainly charged with lying to police on yes. a sexual assault. But I believe right. it was proved that he had, and whether any actual punishment came of that, uh, we don't know. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we've got we got some bad boys. Uh, so Urias would fit right in, I suppose, except for you know the fact that he have to pitch every once only once a week. I think he he probably want to do a Trevor Bauer and work more. But anyway, so we'll keep eyes on all those situations. <laughs> I suppose we'll have to. Now, um, 
in terms of uh and we have no notes here today and we probably won't be able to answer the question because i do want to finish up mike's question uh michael from scranton and we had another question which is really intriguing that i prepped for but uh oh well we'll have to wait but i wanted to ask you a question because i haven't we haven't touched upon this in a while. And so no one, uh, just a, a quick question for you. No one has uh, given an announcement of retirement. And usually in September, right early in mm. September, we start getting these surprise announcements. And I fully expected to hear Takumi Kuriyama yeah. of Cebu to come out and say, hey, I'm I'm, I'm done. Uh, I'm not coming back next year. And we have not heard that. And it's a last place team, essentially. I, I don't think they're exactly in last place, but they're, they're battling this to get out of it. And I almost expected, to be honest, um, Takaya Nakamura also of the, of the Sable Lions to maybe announce that he was going to step away from the game just because of the injuries and because he can't produce like he has in the past. But I think he's seems like he's doing well here in the second half and he's going to stay on. Anybody yeah, he's, in, he's in good form, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah he he does. Hero, that hero interview he did with the two home run game the other day was classic him. It's like, how do you feel about your game? Well, I hit the ball. I'm glad I hit the ball. <laughs> <laughs> no exciting interviews. At least, you know, uh, he, Takahiki Kishi has gotten out of that mode. But anyway, do you have any candidates out there you think who might? Or uh, I know you don't like Let's not, ending don't guys' careers. Me, don't ask me because I, I can't. I'm not. I can't, you can't say guess anything. I, I, right now, where my brain is, no. I, right I'm, I'm so, I'm a little. Your brain's brain always in the same place. It's in your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not connected to the rest of the world of <laughs> Japanese baseball world this week. I've been panicking about everything else. Um, <laughs> let, let me think. Who who would be going? Um, well, Nobuhiro Matsuda is, but he's he's in that like, he can't he hasn't proved he can't play this year. <laughs> uh, he's with the Giants this year. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, SoftBank Hawks um, player. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm just scanning through the stuff. I mean, I don't. I don't really see any obvious candidates. Quintayan Viciatus probably. <laughs> They're probably telling him. Oh, I'll, <laughs> giving I'll, him the word. I'll rehash this line from earlier in the show. Burn him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah I, I, I don't I don't see any any really obvious uh the guy know, I thought about uh, who I thought would retire, the very revered Ishikawa of the Swallows. Yeah, pitcher. But he pitched really well yesterday. He pitched like uh yesterday, I mean Friday, he threw like more than a hundred pitches for the first time in four years and held yeah, he's, DNA to he's one still, run. He's he's you know well Masanori Ishikawa is is interesting because because I do follow the swallows more than anybody else. I'm sorry, the rest of NPB. Uh he he reverted he in 2021 and 2022, he was he broke out of a, a kind of a funk he'd been in for five or six years where he'd be absolutely brilliant. He'd be, you know, in danger of throwing a no hitter. And then the next <laughs> yes. outing, he'd give up five, you know, he'd give up five runs in three innings. And then the next week, the week after that, it would be a, you know, he'd allow four hits and no walks and three strikeouts and seven scoreless innings. And and he was just really good or really mediocre. And he was yeah, in that, bipolar that picture. run. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it was like his adjustments didn't work. Cause when you're when you're, you know, when you throw you don't throw hard enough to dent bread, 
you know, you got to make lots of adjustments all the time. Some days they work, you know, as they said in Little Big, the character Chief Dan George said in Little Big Man, some days the old medicine works and some days it doesn't. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's he's kind of reverted to that stage right now, not quite where he's like in danger of throwing a no hitter, but in danger of being confused for a guy who can be relied on for seven, you know, or one run seven inning game every week. Right. Uh, uh, of course, when he was really good two years for two years, it was a you know it was a scoreless five inning game or a one run and six inning game. But now he's gone back to the point where he has one of those games, and then the next day you're wondering, is this the same guy? Well, you know he's the same guy because there's no other left-handed five foot two pitchers who throw a hundred mile you know who throw fifty <laughs> miles an hour. Hashtag. High heat. <laughs> Did you say five foot two? <laughs> mean. Well, yeah, I, I hear you. And I, I think he's a good candidate. He's 44 in January. He is the oldest uh, active player in NPB, so it's possible. But this guy, I, the last, every time I watch this guy play, I just, all I can think of is how much I admire his his preparation and his work ethic and people on the team tell me what a fantastic leader he is. Mm. I, we hear I have to, yeah, I, I have to think that he, if he thought about quitting, the swallows would throw a rope around his neck and say, whoa, buddy, not so soon. We need you. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. I expect some announcements to start flowing in in the next couple of weeks but uh you know here and there and and maybe not as many as we had last year it seemed like last season like at least one player on each team announced that they were going away but um anyway we were are going away but only for a week and we will be back next week and jim will be back home uh thank you jim for taking the time out of your vacation schedule and your sleep schedule to talk to us tonight I'm on vacation. I don't have a sleep schedule. Good. All right. Uh, anyone who has a question, we will get to those questions next week. Next week, I promise, because no one will throw any no hitters and we won't have any big announcements. Ha ha ha. Uh, hit us up at twitter.com or X at JBW podcast with the hashtag high heats and questions via email to yakyujohn at gmail.com. And MP3s always welcome you to go. You can yep. go to our Facebook page, leave us a message there. Look for us on Google Podcasts and iTunes. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy your baseball, and wherever you are in the world, see you at the ballpark. Follow the hosts on Twitter at JBW Podcast and at Ball Allen, and feel free to submit your questions by email or tweet with hashtag High Heat. Thank you for listening to Japan Baseball Weekly.